0: Okay. Good morning everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I told somebody this morning. I said this is a this is a Narnia winter. It's always winter, never Christmas. <clears throat> if you can't have Christmas, then yeah, what's the point of the snow, right? 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 <laughs> right? <laughs> Turn with me in uh, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four. While I uh, read this declaration, I've been consciously putting my confidence, my expectation of transition of power. Hi, Samuel. You know, I glance. I want like, Zach's here. Like. That's what, yeah. I mean, you really reminded me of your dad, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, that's the younger version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Katrina. Hello. Smiling beside him. I hear you're doing, you're all doing well down there. Wonderful. Yes, good. So, yeah, cool. It's great. Great to have you back. Anyways, it's helping me as I preach to adjust something that my confidence should not be in my own abilities to do more or less speak more or less you know all the things that you beat yourself up about when you're preaching and uh get back to this truth that it's the word that that has the power the holy spirit and the word that transforms us and changes us and it's uh, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that just hearing the Word of God has an effect on you. So sit back, don't strive, just let the Word today wash over you. I'll do my best to uh, stay focused. And let me read this declaration about the word. As the snow, out of Isaiah 55, and the rain that fall from heaven do not return until they have accomplished their purpose, soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life, providing seed to sow and bread to eat, so also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. Amen. We have uh, landed in Ephesians the last few weeks, um, as I've been sharing, that And looking back at this uh, connection point, we can uh, come to this place of being saved. If we're there, we're born again. We've had a transformation. We've had a major change in our life, a decision to follow Jesus. And then we learn more about Jesus, all that He is, who He is, the anointing that's on Him. But when it comes time to access promises in our life, we've got to make the connection that we are in him lest if you stay in your flesh in this and try to get things from God you'll try to earn it you'll try to deserve it you'll strive for it you'll you'll start jumping through ho- hoops and creating things to do to obtain what Jesus promises and and i see that disconnect and and that it 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 requires us to understand, have a revelation about the union that we are now in Christ. And Ephesians, in the Passion Translation, has this beautiful language about our union and how many scriptures, uh, just referring to one in chapter three, just backing up, the gospel of grace has made you non-Jewish believers. That's us. Have you ever read the promises, the Old Testament, Isaiah, et cetera, et cetera, and you go, yeah, and you're struggling, like, but this is for them, you know? Is it, for, is it really for us? I mean, I know it's supposed to be for us, but is it for us? Are we, you know, and, you, and so that battle in your mind, I do it all the time when I'm reading and I'm preaching and, and I'm like, you know, this hesitation, like, like we need to fully come in and and identify and receive all that Jesus has, that it is for us as well. So this this scripture completely says, uh, co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And so we find this thing, that, uh, this concept, this revelation that we need to have, that it is we are in union with him and that all of the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of understanding, all of those things come to us as an impartation. You can't study with your mind to get it. Have you run into a Christian that is full in their head with Scripture? And, and you're like, uh, this doesn't, you encounter them like, it, it, there's not a sweetness. There's a lot of rules and laws and, you know, throwing words at you. But, but the, the re, it receiving comes from revelation, impartation from the Spirit. This is why the apostolic prayers we find here in Ephesians chapter 1, some of the really best, great ones, that I, I pray the Spirit of wisdom, of revelation, like I impart that to you. So you want to get yourself in a posture of just receiving. That's your job. You're a receiver. Like, okay, you know, sit down in the dentist chair. He can't really work on your teeth till you get back in the chair, lay back, open your mouth, and then he'll do his job. Right? What do you do? Sit still. Endure the pain. You know, whatever, you know. Your job, sit still. Receive from what, what the dentist is going to do or the doctor or whatever else is going on chiropractor the massage there you know you've got to here's your part lay this way lay that way roll over okay now stay still let me let me do my job so the same in the spirit like we need to get in a position where we stop this striving and this heaviness of trying to get better and you at times and you do you feel disconnected like i'm not i'm not Tuned in, I'm not toned in. I'm not dialed into the spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've got static. I'm, I'm not perceiving. I'm not hearing. Those are miserable times. That's torment. And how do you fight it? You have to fight it with the word and the promise. If you fight it in the flesh, you'll lose. You'll get discouraged. You'll, you'll back off. You'll become lukewarm. You'll disengage. But if you, if you come with promises and you come with revelation and you wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Waiting is an activity, isn't it? Psalms 27. It's, it's an activity to wait on the Lord. That is not actually boring. When you're waiting on the Lord, you're interacting with Him, you're worshiping, you're praying, you're staying, you're just not doing until you receive from him you're just not making things happen you're you're busy with connecting and interacting with him in a relationship you're just you're busy in a relationship how many of you have come to realize that relationships take work marriage who told you about that like i didn't see that coming you mean i had to work at this i thought we would just be in love you know and so you learned a little ways in that you've got to work at the relationship. And it, it takes work. It takes energy. You've got to communicate. You've got to talk when you don't feel like talking. You've got to uh, make sure that they understand you and you understand them. And it takes work. It takes time. If you neglect your relationship, what happens? If you neglect your, your friendships, what happens? Distance begins, and so it's no difference with the Lord. That is your part. Stay relational with him. Interact with him. Ask questions. Wait on him till he comes. So beginning in chapter 4, I felt to just continue on with this, and Paul opens up with this. As a prison of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy. So he's in jail writing this in prison writing this do you my my heart is grieved over the uh the january 6th uh people there are over still over 35 people that are held in our capital by the capitol police no jury no trials no jury no accusation they're just held there and recently like we literally knew the family connection with one of one of them committed committed suicide because they're abused and they're tortured, their things are ha- happening. It's horrible, horrible conditions. Uh, even Sydney Powell, one of the top lawyers, military lawyers in our, in our nation, cannot get in. They can't get there. There's only a few that actually have gotten in to see them. When you're in prison, it's not a holiday inn. It's not a fan, fun place. And, and it grieves me. It, it could have been me. Those people that are in didn't do anything different than I did when I went to Washington, D.C., nothing different. They may or may not have walked into the building when the police were waving them in. Come on in. And they stayed within the ropes. This is the story. They They did everything. There may have been a few that were off that I'm not sure they were one of us. There was a lot of other garbage going on. But I can guarantee you one thing. Paul didn't do anything wrong that he was in a prison. Yes, somehow he was able to come. This is a challenge, like the reality. I don't know what frame of mind I'd be if I was, had been separated. This is January 6th of 2021, still in jail. They came and arrested these people, not at the event, they arrested them later, came with full-blown SWAT team, FBI, I heard the testimony of some of the people that didn't end up incarcerated, but were still coming and, and, and captured. Like, held at, you have a big gun, I forget the names of all the guns, the, the FBI's holding at your head, like, you know. And they come into your home, and they start interrogating you about, you didn't do anything wrong. like. It's hard to keep a good frame of mind. I listened to this one Christian couple. Somehow, they just, they just began to laugh. One of the officers said, did you steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop? And she went, oh, oh so somebody did steal it. That was her response. She just, they just laughed. With guns pointed at them because they were Christians. And I think they were clear up in Alaska or someplace. It's just inconceivable. Don't worry about what Russia's doing right now. Worry about what's going on in our own White House, and our own... Our own that, that's a real problem. That's where there's some real evil going on. Paul came to a place... Like I said, I really can relate at this moment in my life. How do you come to a place where you're writing letters to the church and encouraging everybody here? It's like if I would be able to write letters and I would send letters to you that I wasn't worried about my own incarceration... And horrible living conditions and torment and torture, et cetera, et cetera., that's going on in our capital, but that I'm concerned about you. How are you doing? How's your family? How are the kids going? Are you overcoming that sickness? Are you, are you dealing with this? Be encouraged. It gets real now, doesn't it? We're not just reading about this person far away, like, "Wow, How do you get to the place where you let it all the injustice? Trust me when these believers were in jail, it was an injustice. Injustice is hard to get over. Every time I bump into a person that's suffering from injustice, it's all they can think about. It consumes you. If you don't learn how to manage that, you're beaten right there. So to be able to endure, I was reading through in First Peter, uh, in chapter um, in First Peter, in the different chap- through that first book, the all of the there are four or five citations where Peter's talking about suffering for the Lord and things happening and having things stolen from you and et cetera, all this, and how to endure through that, and it's like not the promise verses that we put on a refrigerator, but a reality doesn't it throw you off when things go bad? You're like, hey, I was doing this right, and this right, and this right, and this right, and I, you know, and stuff's happening to me. It's like, for a season, you may suffer certain things. Rejoice. Rejoice? I'm like looking for a lawyer to call. Be at peace. Believe the Lord's going to, like, where is God? What did he do? How, how did I end up in this situation? I didn't have, we're always like playing that game. Like, I don't deserve this. Careful. <laughs> in prison, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Your, your position in Christ is high ranking. Given to you in your divine calling with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous, <laughs> towards, um, generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. We all have them in our life, eh? Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace being one body, one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. So you're called into a destiny. You're called into a purpose. Don't forget that. You're not just living unto yourself. There's a purpose. There's a purpose for everything. If you meditate on that, make that your meditation, turn that into prayer, then you'll really stay in a lot better place, especially when you go through things. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father, and He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us, and lives in us all. So that is the big goal post. That's big picture to come into uh, us being one all one and come into maturity, being in Christ and being connected with him. And in verse 7, And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lower parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. So there's times and seasons right now. What season are we in? We're in the time of the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Remember last week I was saying, there's more. Start reading this and real. no matter what you've attained to, there's more. There's more. There's more. You don't like there is a fullness of our salvation coming. And I show you the verses in First Peter, like, and, and it's some sum in here. There is this, this thing about coming into full salvation. So I don't care what all you think you have at this point, there's more. This this continues to grow, and you you continue to grow into it. Great, a greater, and how do we get more grace? How did you start? Grace came on me, and I was able to believe. Well, same process, just more grace. Struggling with something? Pray for more grace. Stop hitting yourself with the fly swatter. It won't help. I found these special little fly swatters this summer. I think Ashley had one. I don't know, and it has little little spikes in it. Like you, if you if you hit the fly with it, the fly is on the fly swatter. He's been stabbed to death five times. You know. Wing, you know these these are serious little fly swatters. Do not hit your wife with one. Actually, husbands are probably more prone to get the fly swatter. It's the restoration, the fulfillment of all things, and as he and he has appointed some with. And here's this list of ministry gifts. So good, and I have some comments to make about it. So let's read, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers, and they're calling, let's let's focus on verse 12. We get focused on that other stuff like looking for these and identifying them and people putting, wearing the name tag and, you know, are you my pastor? Are you my apostle? Are you my prophet? Are you, am, am I a prophet? I'm a prophet. I'm a apostle. Like, yeah. And, and I, I always like, I've been around a while now. I've been some of those people that have tried to accentuate it and find it and discover and whatever. And, and I've come to this place They're just gifts that are given for this purpose. And it's right here in verse 12. Their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So the goal is not to have them identified and put on nameplates over the ministry, over the church, over the whatever. The goal is to get you mature. The goal is to get you equipped. The goal is to get you healthy so that we're not thinking about who... We build a building here, right? The name of the architect is not on the f- above the front door, nor of the builder, nor of the cement tra- contractor, nor of the electricians, nor of the, you know, the foundation. Like, that's not what this was about, was it? it? It was about a building that we dedicate to the Lord, that we use for His purpose. So we come up to the, this as a gathering place, and we're not so concerned about the builders. We, they were good builders and good contractors, and they did their job, but it wasn't about them. It was about the finished product. It was about what they were called into. And so whether they are apostles or they are prophets or whatever they function in, there should be a real heart for them to not be building a ministry and getting their name on it. And in our Western culture, this is part of our condemnation. I think we need to shed, I know we need to shed off. Because everything is based on numbers. How big, how successful, how, you know, this, that, you know, we, we always have to reduce it to building stuff and adding stuff and getting it, you know, all over the place. If that happens, it's not that that's all evil, that's great, but that cannot be the goal. It's our our mindset. We're all prone to it. And then we have something we go, oh, it's just little. You may have one of the biggest crowns awaiting you in heaven of anybody that we know. If you were faithful in little things and you did things with all of your heart and that you pleased Jesus, like who knows what really pleased him. There was a widow that came to church one day to the meeting And in offering time, Jesus was watching. They'd be like, how would that that make y'all feel if I watched who was giving, you know, if I stood back at the offering plate and watched what was coming in? It'd be like weird, wouldn't it? Well, as weird as that would be, Jesus watches. He notices. He sees this. People are giving. They may have been giving bags of money, and they may have given things and amounts, and they're all dressed up, and they do this, and they do that. And then this widow lady comes and clink one coin. And Jesus goes, uh, 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 uh," right there. There's the big offering. There's the big giver. There's the one that's going to get talked about for all eternity. Because it wasn't determined by its value. But it was determined by what it cost her. It was the greater offering. It may have been all she had. So the kingdom's kind of an upside down place. The quicker we flow with that, the more comfortable we'll be in it. And the same with ministry gifts, if someone has a, I love my favorites of people that actually have ministry gifts, uh, Bill Johnson. He doesn't want to be called an apostle, but he definitely would be. He's not trying to build something. He resists that. Mike Bickle, he's this house of prayer. He could have had the biggest house of prayer organization in the whole entire world. What did he do? He equipped. He had conferences. Here's how you do it. No, I don't want my name on it. You go do it yourself. I will not start an organization. People pleaded with him to do this. He just kept this posture of, no, I'm going to do what I feel the Lord's. I'm not even telling you you should. Matter of fact, you're stupid if you do this. This is hard. Jesus says that. Like, don't, don't, don't do this unless God's got a gun to your head. This is hard. And <laughs> anybody that tried it went, oh, this is hard. Johnny Enlow, very prophetic. Does he want to be called a prophet? No, not really. He does not call himself a prophet. Other people call him that. He's like, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't need to. I just do what I do. I say what I say, I just speak. I speak to king. This guy gets called. He is turning down invitations to speak prophetically to kings and kingdoms and presidents. I'm like, oh, that'd be a tough thing to say no to. Hey, will you come and speak to our, you know, we have our whole parliament here, our whole group here. Will you come and speak into that? Um, Sorry, I, I don't have time. My wife and I prayed. We're like, we're not feeling we should go there. Like, wow, this guy's not trying to build anything he's just he's a gift and functioning in a ministry gift that Jesus gave to him and he's not building anything but he's <laughs> highly effective and efficient when when their hearts are pure then they're not concerned about the acclaim they get they're concerned about the seeing fruit in your life they want to see you equipped. They want to see you healthy. They want to see you go because the goal is not to have that or to belong to that. It's so hard to not get caught up in it. Every church has to, every church, every ministry. We all have to resist this temptation to put on, wear the badge. We love that. We get T-shirts. We get things. Why? Because it makes us a part of something bigger than us, huh? I mean, it can be a good thing, but boy, we we got a bad case of it in America. The name brand. I'm looking, to make sure I don't have a name brand on my shirt. I just mine just says Donald Trump. Like I don't know. Yeah. We put some. You know, we have Carhartt, we have Under Armour, we have you know all these things. But why? What, what's that? It's the same shirt as the one that's blank, right? We paid three times more for that one because it's. What is it? I don't know. Like, oh, you've got this, you know. And I don't even know half the stuff. I'm like illiterate about it. But wow, we have a bad case of it in our culture, don't we? Like, it's like, oh, oh, you've got one of those. Your coachy purse and your, you know. Like, wow. My tool bag holds the same stuff as your coach purse. Like, and it costs a lot of fraction of the money, you know. And it has pockets in it. Right, Bruce? Yeah. See? This has crept into the church, and we want to get rid of it because Jesus is like, the whole reason I did that is so that you would be equipped. We've, we've received from so many places. It doesn't matter what we're a part of or not a part of we've received from the ministry of many prophets of many apostolic people of many many ministries we don't have the t-shirt we don't need it jesus is looking and go are you growing are you mature have you found your gift are you functioning in your gift because that's the point is to get us all to where we're equipped and mature and functioning in our gift that's the picture of the church these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith. So, when those ministries cause separa- separation and segregation, uh oh. So, the ones that have pure hearts, and I know of many that have pure hearts, they don't care what you belong to, they just want to see you healthy. Are you doing well? Are you running well? Are you ministered to? Or are you still broken? That, that's what I care about. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's about Jesus. <laughs> it's the, wow, it's not that hard. It's about Him. It's about attaining to Him to find, to see among us connection, people truly walking with the Father, unrestrained, not disconnected, but connected, knowing who you are, knowing what the Lord wants to do for you. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. That's what church people are supposed to look like, like the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. Thank God. Yes! Aren't you looking for the day, hopefully not too far in the future, where you'll stop being acting and reacting immaturely to things and challenges? Where you can laugh at things that are lost, that are just material? Where you can brush it off if someone offends you? Where you can go, Huh! That's weird. And keep moving when someone's been mean to you? Instead of being wrapped up about it and all tangled up about it for months to come? It's ugly when we see it in others, isn't it? It really is. Someone's just stuck on an offense and bitterness. It's ugly. I don't want to be that person. We will not be easily shaken by trouble. Nor lead us led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies, but instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. There's the picture. A group of people coming together fully equipped that everyone has their gift functioning. And when we're together, we're complete. And we have the eyes and the ears and the fingers and the t- we have the joints. We have, we have what we need because we've come together as a body, we've been equipped, and the church is to look have fullness and, and be this beautiful functioning organism. This is what Christ wants. This is what every ministry gift that has a pure heart wants to see. They're not worried about building their thing. They're, They're concerned about you being full, mature, equipped, functioning, unhindered, liberated, fully liberated, not in bondage, not still broken, not still with these things hanging on you. So continuing in verse 17, so with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Now, this is an important section. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated morale dark and dark, moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God because of spiritual apathy. They surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. Why is this significant? Because this group of people can be wealthy, prosperous, and have positions of influence in our culture. That's that's why. And you can look at them and wish you had what they have, And he's saying, shame on you. Because look what they don't have. They don't have morality. They don't forgive. They take vengeance. They aren't a good influence. And what does the scripture tell us about the ungodly? In due time, they'll vanish. They'll be like the smoke. They'll go away. They'll be remembered no more. So in no way do we want to pattern our lives after them. We've all had it. We've all encountered people in in the world. Hopefully they're in the world and not in the church. And they're impressive with what they have and what they've arisen to. They they may have a grace on them to be great influencers. That's that's a hot word right now in our culture. Influencers. Influencers. Some of the great influencers of our culture, millions of followers on on different Facebook, on different uh, social media things. Does does that mean that they should be anyone influencing you? No, you don't want to be like them. I don't care how beautiful. I don't care how wealthy. I don't care how, how prosperous, how famous they are or look to be. You do not want to, they, they, you don't want them to be your role model. And Paul's addressing this in the church, like, don't, don't be over-impressed. Love them, care about them. It's fine that you minister, talk to them. But don't go to the point where you're impressed by them. Don't be impressed. Hold your ground. Don't let them budge you with their, they'll, they'll try to influence you. They never leave you alone, honestly. You're kidding yourself if you think that they will. They want you to be like them. Here, have a drink. Here, do this. Oh, don't, don't worry about that. I, I know how they talk. And they'll put a facade of, oh, I'm a Christian. It's okay to go, uh-uh. I know what one looks like, and that's not it. You're not it. I know you're handsome, you're successful, you've got all these things, but that's not it. I don't want your influence. I don't want to be like that. I follow someone else. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. We're back to this very core foundational concept. He's our model. Let Jesus be your influencer. Let the embodiment of what we want is is in Jesus. It will be seen in your life. If you make him first, people will see that he's first. And he has taught you in verse 22 to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man or the old man, the old self life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation. Here we are. But how do you get transformed? Impartation of revelation, impartation of wisdom impartation of discernment, impartation of of the gifts of all all the things that were on Jesus. That's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. Here we go again. Here's the key. Be in union with Jesus. You will get affected by that. Wrap yourself, entangle yourself. I think that's, um, that is how the word um, wait or waiting on the Lord is, to entangle yourself in. Um, I think Brian Simmons translated it that way in, in Psalms 27. To entangle yourself in him. So it's an activity, it's a movement. There's another movement where you sit a few seats away. That's not good. What are you doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. Mm, I see some distance. What's this? You're impatient. You're bored. You're like, God owes you an answer. So you're sitting there. I'm waiting on the Lord. Don't wait like that. You might get in trouble doing that. Don't wait like that. When you wait on the Lord, give yourself entangle your heart with him. Move towards him, not away from him. Even when you don't understand, raise a hallelujah. Your voice, singing and saying a hallelujah, will break an atmosphere in your household. It will break an atmosphere that's at work. It will break an atmosphere in the middle of nowhere. Raise that, let that arise in you. It's not about understanding. It's about releasing something that changes and transforms things. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness, and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth hey, there's something new. For we are, we all belong to one another. Like function, don't you value people that in love speak the truth? Even if they say things hard, you can handle those people. It's the people that don't tell you the truth. They're tough. Sooner or later, you find out. Especially if they're Complimenting you or patronizing or something. We need to come to a place. This is hard. Like you think you're doing it, and then you go, Oh, I'm I'm not being truthful here. Like it can creep into any of our lives. And and the way of those that follow Jesus speak is is to speak truth, is to be truthful. It's a challenge. We are in our culture, we're groomed. Whoever came up with a foolish Definition of a little white lie. Who did that? What the heck is that? Who created that thing? The devil? <laughs> I mean and we you can watch innocent you can watch um Mayberry RFD, Andy and you Neil know, and Deputy Dog, whoever what's his um yeah, yeah, Barney. And you listen to some of the, watch some of those shows, as cute as they are and innocent as they are, they're lying all the time about stuff. One day I'm like, oh my gosh. He's not telling the truth about anything, especially A and B and her pickles, you know? Because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings. So she starts making more of him. Oh, how's that working out for you now, you know? I I happened to see on our refrigerator, because we were down there, drove through there, that town. What's what's it called? Mount Airy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we actually stopped there. Ryan and Ashley had stopped, and we stopped. You know, have this little um, thing you stick on your refrigerator, and it's Aunt B with her kerosene pickles. You know, one of those. Yeah, you know. and, and I was reminded that it's like God. That whole thing was because they didn't tell her the truth in the beginning. Like, oh, Aunt B, I'm sorry. I know you worked hard at these. They're horrible. If only. She started making them, you know. (laughs) Since you love them so much, I want to fix you right up. Simple illustration of what happens when you just aren't truthful. It's hard. It's not popular. But oh, what a value. A a true friend tells you the truth. How's How's this outfit look on me? Well, if I wasn't your friend, I'd lie. But since I am... You look, <laughs> don't say it, you know? So we carry that into our walk in the Lord and with, in, in our relationship with each other. Very challenging, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look for these little foxes. Remember a few weeks ago I talked about, I gave you a list of the little foxes. Here's one. The little foxes come in. They ruin the vine. They just nibble here, nibble there, and pretty soon the vine's dead. What was that from? Oh, those little foxes. They got me. Don't let your passion, in verse 26, let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, for even a day not even not for even a day don't give the slanderous accuser the devil an opportunity to manipulate you if any one of you has stolen from someone else never do it again instead be industrious earning an honest living and then you'll have enough to bless those in need and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth mm. Pastor, you know, like I I have to, like, I'm not prone to that, but these last couple years of our, you know, political stuff, I'm like, I've got all kinds of things and thoughts and whatever. Out it comes, and I'm just like, Rick, it's illegal for you. Knock it off, resist the temptation. Truly, we've got to be called to account. The truth is, it eats away at your credibility when you talk like that. You did it to yourself. People will think a little less of you and a little less of you. Even if they laugh, a little less of you. Ugly, hateful words. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Again, we're to be a prophetic people. And what are prophetic people? Prophetic people walk around declaring good things to people. Do you know that a pro- the prophetic can be reduced to something as simple as this? Go out in the world and give people compliments. Tell the waitress that's struggling to keep up with all of her customers, hey, you're doing a good job. Thank you. A car pulls out in front of you in the road and go, you know, mercy. I've done that. That's the truth. I've pulled out in front of traffic. I've made some mistakes. Fortunately, nothing fatal, but I've, I've, I, you drive all the time and all of a sudden you don't look. You pull out in front of someone, or you almost do, or you do this, or you forget your signal, or you know you, or someone says, here, and you slam on your brakes, no signal, no warning, and the car behind you is like, ah! I've done that stuff. Have, have mercy. We're to be like, great. be gracious. And, 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 and give out of the abundance of, of what the Lord feel truly feels about people, not just what their behavior looks like. And it's challenging. It's hard. Verse 20, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. Here we go again. What's that? Let's just go mystery. I don't know what it is. But it's okay to have some mysteries. Stop being a know-it-all. You're not anyways. Give it up. Jesus already has the title. And when you run across things in your Bible that you don't understand, go, I have no idea what the heck that is. I don't know what that is. Looks interesting. It's intriguing. I might sit before the Lord and ask some questions. Lord, what what is a full salvation? It's amazing the answers he'll give you in time if you wait on the Lord. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted the holy influence in your life. Boom, stop. I can stop right there. Just the rest of the day and the week and the month and the year to come. Just focus on this. Don't grieve the spirit. So when he's whispering in your ear, don't say it, don't say it. Or don't do it, don't do it, don't go there. Yeah, but I want to go there. But you shouldn't. Don't go there. Have you had those things? You're like, "Mm, I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right? Right? How... Edified, you start to feel when you go, you know what? This is hard, but Spirit, Holy Spirit, I know you're saying no, so I'm, I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to make that call. Like, I don't know what the harm would be, but you're going no. So, okay, I won't. Or something you obviously know. I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't tell you, blah, 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 you know? Have you felt that heaviness fall on you as soon as you say something you shouldn't have said? Yeah. It's like these are the little things. Pretty soon you're walking around depressed. Why? You should grieve the Holy Spirit. It's okay to just say that. Like, I screwed up. Well, repent. That's all you really can do about it. It's probably too late to fix anything. Just repent. Holy Spirit, forgive me. I give me grace, second chance. Give me mercy. I'm going to focus on this. I'm I'm not going to, I want to stop this. I ask for grace that I can say no when I'm up against this temptation. Never grieve the spirit or take granted for his holy influence in your life. It is such, do you understand? We're so privileged to have the spirit living in us, influencing us. That's a privilege. There are many other people that were trying to walk in a righteous way that did not have the influencer in their life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. Anybody have trouble with letting go of any of those? I mean, like, ah, they're not worth keeping. Just get rid of them. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another, Has God God graciously forgiven you? Yeah. Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Amen. Life is so much easier if you just stay in that posture. Something comes, I forgive you because I'm forgiven. Why wouldn't I forgive you? I've done things twice that bad. I remember back. If, if I take a moment instead of just getting frustrated with something or someone, and I look back in my life, I don't have to go back too far and go, oh, oh boy. I don't like that behavior, but mine was maybe worse. Like, uh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about this. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, forgiveness, grace, help them, give them grace to overcome. A precious influence that li- influencer that lives in us, don't grieve him. He will lead you into truth. He'll lead us into liberty. He'll lead us to truly set free to be set free. And receive from the gifts. Receive from the ministry gifts. Open up your heart to just receive. You bump into a prophet, receive from them. You bump into a true apostle, receive from them. You bump into an evangelist, receive from, like receive from the gifts. We're just to be a body, like they were given to equip us and help us. So keep your heart open. Doesn't matter if they go to your church. Doesn't matter if they fit exactly what they like. Just get this posture where you can receive. It's it's actually hard to maintain. We're very territorial. We want to like oh you're not from my tribe. I'm like I can't hear you. Yeah. What do you look like if you go, this is a, my tribe is Jesus' tribe. My tribe is all that believe in him and love him. That's my tribe. Do you confess Jesus and him crucified? Then you're my tribe. You're my people. You're my people. You're like, and the Lord is at work in us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for greater grace to be on us, to be renewed by the power of your word, to be transformed, to be quickened, and to, made, made, to be made alive. Stir up our faith. And, Father, I ask again today, stir up gifts. We need each other. We need each other to be functioning in our gifts. We are complete when we start functioning in our gifts and supplying what the next person needs, as simple as it may be, as difficult as it may be, give us the heart to just receive the fullness of all that the Spirit has given us and to function in that and follow Him. We repent from our hesitation. We repent from the warnings and cautions that we disregard. We want to follow you, live by, your, live by you. To say yes, even when it's hard. To not consider our life our own, but to consider your life. That we're transformed by your life in us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.